Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hodgeberg, and this is episode number five. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at one of Royal Caribbean's most popular ships, Freedom of the Seas. Having sailed on Freedom a number of times, I know firsthand just how great this ship is, and I've invited my friend Mike Rallman to join me to talk everything Freedom of the Seas. We're going to be sharing lots of our favorite spots on board, the fun things to do while at sea, and discuss where Freedom goes. I also have lots more of your listener feedback to share as well, so here we go. Joining me on this week's show is Mike Rallman of BeOurGuestPodcast.com, and Mike and I have a very something in common in that we're both big Disney fans, but deep down, we love us some Royal Caribbean. And I invited Mike to join me to talk about Freedom of the Seas because both of us have had a chance to check it out a couple different times, and we've become real big fans of Freedom of the Seas for good reason also. So, Mike, welcome to Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Glad to have you on here. And, you know, Mike, when I was thinking about recording a podcast about Freedom of the Seas, because a lot of our uh, readers and listeners were saying, you know, we'd love to hear more about Freedom. I was thinking to myself, well, you know, there's definitely people I know who've been on there, and your name came right to the top because you and I have had this, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing about Freedom for a couple of years now. And so I wanted to bring you on here because, you know, Freedom is such an amazing ship, I really believe. You know, and it's interesting because it's like, quote, unquote, old ship now, but it's, it's really, like, brand new when you think about it, right? Because it was ordered in 2003, First voyage in 2006, and you, actually before the show, I didn't know about this, you said that you had you sailed on her in her inaugural season. Yes, we were on her uh, third sailing in, uh, I guess it would have been June of 2006. It was our honeymoon, my wife and I. You know, we were just looking for a ship that, that had an experience that, and she, my wife had never cruised, so and I cruised a few times with Disney Cruise Line. So I was looking for a new adventure, and I was looking for something that, you know, a larger ship with lots to do. You know, you probably wouldn't feel the motion too much on a bigger ship, so uh, we took Freedom. And of course, when you sailed on Freedom, she was the biggest ship in the world, I believe, right? Yes, she was, and they really yeah. pushed that fact when you were on the, sh- you know, when you're on the ship, and the Travel Channel had all the specials out there, and uh, <laughs> you know, there was, there was some swag though to, to sailing on the biggest ship in the world on your honeymoon. You know, it's like, hey, look, I'm giving you the world. You know, we're on the biggest ship in the world. Kind of <laughs> like, well, not the Titanic reference. You know, you don't want to go that way on a cruise podcast, but uh, sure, <laughs> you know, kind of the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, 2006, that was still sailing out of Miami, right? Uh, yes, we took a you know flight down. To, that was actually the last time I flew. But yeah, we flew down to Miami. I've gone out of Miami a couple times. And, uh, you know, I prefer Port Canaveral now where uh, she's located. And, you know, I think that with it being at Port Canaveral now, Freedom, she's she's in a great spot because you have that central Florida corridor there 45 yep. minutes away. And I think that's that's a big draw for Freedom. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to get to, especially because so many airlines fly to Orlando. And because Orlando is so close to, to Port Canaveral, it's about 45 minutes or so, like you said, Mike, it's very easy to get to. And Royal Caribbean even offers transfers from Orlando's airport to Port Canaveral. You can rent a car, take car service. It's, it's very easy, like you said. So that's what I think it's a big part of the appeal as well. It's easy to get to from a lot of places all around the country. And, as, and of course, being in Port Canaveral, it offers now eastern and western caribbean cruises throughout the year which is nice and again it's home port throughout the year so you know it's it doesn't matter what time of the year you want to go there's always a freedom ship going out on on sundays and it's you know it's it's become uh, kind of iconic it's nice to have it over there especially yeah we both are huge disney fans like you said and i think that it really fits in well to maybe tag on you know a couple days at disney maybe universal studios anything in the central florida area with a seven night cruise you know if you got the time off from work you could turn into a 10-day vacation get some land-based activities and you know and also have that really nice you know longer cruise which some of the you know cruises that go out of uh port canaveral even um you know other ports in florida they don't give you that seven night experience which i think is a big deal 
Absolutely. And I know Royal Caribbean does offer a excursion for Universal Studios, but honestly, you can do it on your own as well. And like you said, I think that's probably the best way to do it is that come down a day or two before or stay a day or two after and do a little land stuff you know, before or after or both <laughs> around your, your vacation and your cruise and it makes it real nice. So, you know what? First, I want to talk about because we've both been on, Royal, on uh, Freedom of the Seas a couple of times now. And I want to talk about why did you choose to sail on Freedom in the first place? Because that was your first Royal Caribbean cruise? Yes, that was. And, uh, you know, there was just there was a buzz about that ship. You know, we were planning our, our honeymoon, you know, a year out or so. And the ship was going through it. You know, it's construction stages. You're getting all these updates. And I wanted to sail somewhere other than Disney because, uh, you know, I did, my wife wasn't I didn't want to, like, in, inundate her with my Disney love at that point. So I was like, you know, Royal Caribbean looks like it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of comparisons between the Disney ships and Royal Caribbean. There's a lot to do. They're very family friendly. Um, but, you know, it had a lot to do. Look at the Flow Rider. You know, that's something I wanted to try out. Uh, the ship just looked like it had a lot of great adult areas. Um, and it just looked like, you know, someplace that is a honeymooning couple. We'd have plenty to do, you know, because we're pretty adventurous. There was lots of great places to eat. And, you know, it kind of fit into our budget, which kind of surprised me because, again, it was the biggest ship in the world at the time. But it was something that, that we could afford. And that was really, you know, that was kind of a big selling point for us as well. Absolutely. I think I agree with you, Mike, in, the, in terms of price and what you got for it. Which has been one of the main factors why I would continue to cruise with Royal Caribbean is that is that value that you get for the onboard experience. But we chose Freedom for a lot of the same reasons. By the time that we sailed on Freedom for the first time, she was already in Port Canaveral. But that being said, you know we knew what how great she was. We had been on Mariner of the Seas, which was a, it's just a smaller type of Voyager class, and we'd also been on Oasis of the Seas, which is larger. So we're like, well, let's see what the middle ground is between them. And you know it was you know it's still a brand new ship. We sail. I forgot what year we sailed the first time on Freedom. But, I mean, it was only, you know, five or six years after she was, you know, her maiden voyage. So it's really a new ship for all intents and purposes. And that was, you know, appealing to us. It's interesting itineraries and, you know, it's a massive ship and checking out the different venues. And that, that was a big appeal for us. And I guess to its credit, we both went on Freedom of the Seas again. And I'm, I'm curious why you decided to go back on Freedom because, you know, different port of departure. But, you know, what, what brought you back to Freedom this time again, Mike? You know, that's kind of funny because we, how it worked out was that we were already down again in Florida. So we, uh, we kind of checked it out. Five years later, we said on our honeymoon as we went through, you know, the, the ship and did all these fun things and, you know, did uh, flow rider and we, you know, at the ports, we did some fun adventures and we kept saying my, my, my wife, I have a stepdaughter who is now 16. So she was 11 at the time. And we said, oh man, Paige would love this. You know, she'd love to try out this pool or, you know, see this on yeah. the ship. There's so many things that we kept saying. Oh, I wish Paige was here. So we kind of made a pact with each other and said, you know, at the end of the cruise, this is awesome. We're going to come back for our five-year anniversary, bring the kids. You know, we have Mallory now who is five. And, you know, at the time she was three when we went back. And, and, and the kids, you know, it was really cool because we did it as a honeymooning couple. Lots of adult activities, lots of fun there. But going back as a family, we had just as much fun, if not more fun, because we got to see the kids enjoy the water park, you know, and, and do things. And it shows that it's really family-friendly, you know, as well you know it's not just like a you know a couple's cruise it's, it's for everybody absolutely we're in the same uh, no pun intended boat as you in, in, in choosing to go back again because the first time we went on freedom our daughter was very young she was uh, just maybe i think a year or so and then we went back on again but when we went on this was just in february of this year we went back on and we said you know just like you with with your stepdaughter we're thinking man you know there's so much stuff that could really appeal to to our daughter that it would be like really great for her and again the 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 for the same reasons you mentioned, the, the the water play area, the facilities on board, they have a great nursery, which was perfect for her. So really, they've really built up Freedom to be a great family ship. And it, it makes perfect sense because you have so many great family 
destinations in Central Florida that it fits right in and it's really easy to to uh, get to. And of course, we also the first time we went on Freedom, we went Western Caribbean. So this time we said, well, rightfully so, we should go check out the Eastern Caribbean. And that was nice to have that kind of variety, especially for people. I know a lot of people do back to back cruises and then you get to go two different cruises, but, you know, completely different itineraries. So always uh, nice. You know, I want to talk about the venues on board because we've already highlighted a couple of them, Mike. And I think this is really the big pull for Freedom of the Seas is all the cool stuff you've got on Freedom of the Seas to do. And let's start with the Royal Promenade, which is that main drag in the middle of the ship, which is massive. And there's always, you know, different restaurants to go to. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I love me some Ben and Jerry's while I'm on board Freedom of the Seas. You know, we didn't go to Ben and Jerry's. We, uh, we, I'm just, I, you know, and we, here's what we did. I mean, our plan, and again, on the, on the big promenade, and let me just tell you, when you hit these, uh, you know, freedom class ships with Royal or even Oasis or Allure, which I haven't hit yet, but I've, you know, definitely researched and we're going to do that. You, you can't believe that you're standing inside of a, a floating vessel, you know, a ship yes. when you, you walk on board. I could not just the opulence of it, how beautiful it was with like the lit up floors and the, you know, the photo ops, but just how large it is. I mean, if you haven't been in there, it's really hard to, to picture just from looking on the internet. But we really enjoyed the, the pizza joint there on the promenade. We were there. We got the, the cookies across the way. It was, I mean, yeah, exactly. We always ended up there late at night, both cruises. We let the girls stay up late. And I mean, you know, that pizza was excellent. And, you know, you had the burger. You just had everything. And it was such a cool experience that you're in the heart of the ship and there's always something going on, whether it's a carnival type parade earlier in the night or, you know, there, there was always something happening. And it was like the hub of the ship. I loved it. Absolutely. And, and the other thing was they have the parade there for the now it's the uh, the um, I won't say Madagascar, but it's the DreamWorks characters. Really, it's all, not just Madagascar characters. My daughter fell in love with the DreamWorks characters because they have that channel on freedom that just continuously loops the movies over and over and over again. And, you know, she was just like, oh, Alex Lyon and Shrek. And and she just couldn't get enough of that. So that was it really was a hub of activity for us. And we spent a lot of time on the Royal Promenade. But if we weren't on a Royal Promenade, we were probably up in the water play area, which, as you mentioned earlier, was great for kids. And my daughter loved it because at the time she was still wearing diapers and they had a special pool that was just for kids in, in diapers. It was great. It was perfect for her. It was a small little area, but she could do whatever she wanted. And what I really liked about it was the staff that was monitoring it was made sure that no older kids were getting in there because, you know, they can knock the other kids, the smaller kids over. They kept it really nice. And I enjoyed it. But I'm sure your two kids really must have had a great time in the larger kid area of the pool because it's a massive play area for kids if, you're, if you've never been on there before. Yeah, that's the thing is these ships, you know, there are a lot of passengers on them because they're large ships and, you know, there are quite a few people on there. But it never seemed overly crowded in this, this kid's, you know, a play area, kind of like they call it a water park there. But, you know, you would think that if you're on a cruise ship, if they have some kind of feature like this, it's going to be really tight and just, you know, kind of like a, like a typical pool on a sea day where you're fighting for your, you know, your square foot of space. It wasn't like that. Like, I felt really safe. You know, Mallory was three running around the squirt features and, you know, everybody's having a good time. But it was well managed by the staff. I'll say that about Royal. They really do a good job of keeping everybody safe and everybody in the right frame of mind. Oh, heck yeah. They really do a great job with it. And, and that's what I really that's what, again, part of why we always go back. How about the, uh, did you get a chance to check out the cantilevered whirlpools? Yes. Well, especially on our honeymoon, we spent a lot of time there. Not so much when we had the kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, because, you know, if, if people know me from, from my other podcast, uh, I'm not a big fan of heights, but there's something about, you know, you're hanging out over the side of the ship. It's just gorgeous. There's no, there's no fear factor there. Even for people, I think that are a little bit, uh, you know, tentative of being up high, those right. pools are huge. You're kind of hanging out and it's just such a great vista. I mean, it, it, you, I could sit there all day. It's so relaxing. It's funny. We went on there with my mother-in-law, 
And she refused to go on because she has a height of fear, and she couldn't get over the fact because the, the whirlpools, if you're not familiar, they extend over the side of the ship. So if you look down from them, all you see is, like, the ocean, which is nice. I think it's a nice vista like you. I agree with you. But she was just – she couldn't get over the fact that they were just – she's like, no, it's not safe. She probably rode an airplane, though, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got to ask you. I, I'm too much of a baby to try it. Not Not – even from a baby to try it from the standpoint of getting hurt, but also for making a fool out of myself. Have you gone on the flow rider? Oh yes. I, that was looking at when we were talking about doing the show, I went through the, uh, you know, the old photo album to see the pictures and there are uh, many pictures of me, you know, on my back and midair there flat, slamming into the back of the, you know, the, the flow rider there. Cause you know, I'm from Missouri that, you know, it's not exactly a hotbed of, uh, you know, surfing. So we get on there and, you know, I think that's the fun of the flow rider though. I think it, when you get somebody that kind of knows what they're doing, it, it's kind of fun to watch them, but I'll tell you what, you know, there were many times on our honeymoon, my wife and I, and you know, this couple that we had dinner with that we really got to know throughout the cruise, we just go up to the flow rider and just watch people bite it. Cause I mean, you <laughs> see people just wiping out. I mean, it's all good fun. Nobody gets hurt, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely just as much fun to, uh, to be a spectator as well as participating absolutely that's it is a it's a great spectacle and to everyone who can do that and actually stand up my my hat is tipped to you because yeah yeah exactly (laughs) all right uh lastly on freedom we've talked a lot about what else is on board but how about the restaurants and i'm a huge fan of the specialty restaurants here mike they have chops portofino johnny rockets which ones did you check out on when you were between your two cruises you know what? We ate in the main dining room for the most part. We did uh, Johnny Rockets a couple times on both cruises because that's just kind of our style. We like, you know, burgers and fries. We're not real fancy eaters. I know a lot of people do like to go to the specialty restaurants and they'll do that almost every night of their cruise. We do enjoy the main dining experience. We love, you know, getting to hang out with our table mates and kind of find out how the day went. And, uh, you know, we find the food in the main dining rooms to be sufficient for us. You know, we're not fancy eaters here at home. So, uh, you know, Johnny Rockets is fun. But you know, other than that, we just kind of hang out in the main dining rooms. I don't blame you, Mike. I love the experience of the main dining room. I think that's really a big factor and an undervalued uh, aspect of cruising in general is that, you know, the waiters get to know you, the waiters get to know your kids, and, you know, you get to eat, maybe you have some table mates you get to meet. I mean, that kind of experience I've always enjoyed, so I'm not knocking anything that you're, that you're uh, talking about right there. So lastly, Mike, been on Freedom a couple times. What's your favorite spot or spots on the cruise? Something maybe you might recommend to somebody who's going on Freedom sometime soon. You know, one of the things they have on Freedom, and, and they move from time to time, is that they have actually hammocks that you get there early, or you know, if you just catch one empty, there's there's great hammocks. And also, this is my tip on any of the cruises I've been on with any line is that you know that promenade deck. Uh, if you don't have a stateroom with a balcony, and uh, the one time we sailed with a balcony on our honeymoon, it was gorgeous. You know, great veranda there. We also sailed the second time with just an, an ocean view stateroom, so we didn't have the balcony. But anytime I wanted to get that that you know your fix of, of the salty air, you know, and, and feeling the breeze in your hair, you know, uh, get out to that promenade deck, grab one of those chase lounges, and just and just relax, you know, take a book, take your iPad, read something, or just sit back and take a nap. People are always looking for you know like the flow rider and stuff, and that stuff's fun. But I think you also need to take some time just to unwind because on on a cruise of, of any sort, this is your opportunity for the most part to be not connected to the world. You know, you're not tied to your cell phone, your work email, just grab one of those lounges and, and really enjoy the beautiful views of the ocean. And I think freedom does that. Well, I know some nights we go out there and it's amazing because the ships, you know, lots of people on it, but there were nights on the promenade deck. You wouldn't see another person, you know, if you were during the dining, you know, hours and stuff. So, you know, take some chances and uh, just, you know, get, get out there and relax. That's, that's what you're supposed to do on vacation. Absolutely. We love to take walks on that deck. I think it's deck five, four or five. Yes. I forget. Um, right after dinner, 
we would go, you know, right. It would take a little, maybe take a loop around the ship. It, you have the, the the ocean breeze coming at you, and it's nice and cool out in the evening, and it's just a great way to wrap things up. My favorite spot I was going to mention is for Sailaway. You go out to the helicopter pad, which yeah. uh, you know is right out there in the front. It's great because not a lot of people know about it, but you can get there. You can just ask the the staff, anyone you know, how to get there, and you go right out to that helicopter pad, and it's a great spot for Sailaway because you're right out in front of the ship. You get to see everything going on in the Port Canaveral, and it's it's a wonderful spot. So if you don't have maybe if you don't have a balcony cabin, or you just want something different, it's definitely a great spot to check out. Real quick, I'll yep. throw this about the helicopter pad because on our honeymoon, it, it, I, I love looking at the stars. I love space and that kind of stuff. And I told my wife about the third or fourth night, I was like, we're going to go out to that helicopter pad, very forward of the ship, one night while it's dark. So, you know, I thought this was a great idea. So you get down on that, you know, the promenade deck, and you can actually walk forward. But it's, I mean, it is dark as dark you've ever seen when you're out at sea and you're trying to get up there and it's windy. I thought for sure I was going to get out there and see all these stars out on the front of the ship. I, we chickened out. There was no way we were going out there because it was so windy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go through this tunnel that makes it even worse. And it was just, we, my wife said, we're never going to be seen again and they'll never know we we're gone. So <laughs> but sail away. That's a great tip, Matt. Sail away. That's where you go. Sail away. There you go. Well, before we go, Mike, I want to make sure every guest that we have on this podcast, we get to know them a little bit better. So I'm going to give you some quick questions here and just fire back with the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm scared, but let's go. (laughs) Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Again, this gets back to what my family likes. We just love Johnny Rockets, you know, love some onion rings and fries and and a good burger and a shake. I mean, that's, you know, that's why one of my favorite restaurants at Walt Disney World's 50s Primetime Cafe. (laughs) It's the same food, you know, like, like to go back in time and keep things simple. You can't screw that stuff up. How about favorite or preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Oh, that one's easy. The Lava Doozy at Labadee. I mean, <laughs> yes. I have to have them because, you know, the, the the folks are hawking them on the island, and it's like, you know, Lava Doozy. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's great showmanship. Absolutely. Favorite port of call to visit? Ooh, I'd say Cozumel. You know, I used to say Grand Cayman, but Cozumel on the western side, and uh, lots to do there. We've rented Jeeps. We've done the Amazing Race. I did that with my daughter. That's a great uh, excursion. Uh, Paradise Beach, I believe, is what it was called. We went there last time. I really enjoyed it there, too. Nice. I've been to Paradise Beach. Love it as well. Great place. Uh, and lastly, Mike, favorite song on the radio or your iPod today? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Killing me here, you know, because uh, I don't want to give a Disney reference. So um, anything Garth Brooks. I know that's old and dated, but I'm an old and dated guy now, I guess. Like the thunder rolls. That's, only, that's, that's, the, that's the only Garth Brooks song I know. <laughs> Give me some good old country, and I'm, I'm in there. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us and talking a little bit about Freedom of the Seas. I appreciate it, man. This, this podcast is great because, you know, Royal Caribbean is a great value for your vacation dollar, and it's great to know more about because, you know, the, the product is so big with all the ships and the places they go worldwide. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this podcast grow. It's a lot of fun. It's time to hear from our listeners, which I love getting feedback from, and I really appreciate everything I've gotten. Of course, you can send us your feedback, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And first, we've got another great voicemail from Peter Lockhart of Scotland. So, Peter, it's time for you to go. Hi, Peter Lockhart from Air Scotland with you once again. Thanks, Matt, for the latest podcast on speciality restaurants. My favorite is Chops Grill. I think their steaks are just superb. Now, Matt, as a true Scot... I like to get value for money on my cruise holiday. I usually book well in advance to make sure I can get the suite I want. It also means I can have some choice on where my suite is on the ship. However, 
Often I see last minute deals with some great offers, usually a few weeks before I go, and I then wonder, should I have left it to the last moment? Now Matt, what I'd like to know is this, is it better to book early or late? Thanks Matt, hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for the voicemail, Peter. Really appreciate you always reaching out. You've been a great listener thus far. And I apologize for the terrible Scottish accent I had earlier. To answer your question, I actually think it's probably best, all things being equal, to book way in advance. You always are assured you're going to get the cabin you want at probably a great price you're comfortable with. The thing with last-minute cruises also, you need to be near the port or at least be able to afford to get to the port very easily. And usually, if there's a sale like in the last couple of weeks before the cruise, it may not be easy to get airfare that early but you know what let's we're going to do a whole show about booking early or waiting for a last minute deal so you can get the pros and cons of both but you really can't go wrong with either although i prefer to probably book it well in advance something to look forward to as well our next email is from robert vanover what a great podcast series love your labadee description it was extremely accurate and just like your listener from scotland it makes me want to go on board today our second visit to labadee on alert of the seas was interesting because we saw all the port changes including the pier and zip line our best memory, however, was finding a local artist creating an incredible oil painting of the beach and harbor area that we were about to experience. I negotiated a price, enjoyed the day, and picked up the painting on the way back to the ship. Every time I walk by the painting, it takes me back to that amazing day. Robert, that's a great story and also a great souvenir. I'd love to have something in my home that reminds me of a specific cruise and a specific time. And of course, anything that reminds me of Labadee is always a plus. So that's great. And I'm glad that you had an awesome time in Labadee as well. Next email is from Gary Dalton. Love the podcast. We just got back from a Bermuda cruise on Explorer the Seas and enjoyed it a lot. While on board, we booked Allure for April and got to wondering about the drink packages. We're confused as to what drinks we get with their premium versus standard packages. Does it include everything at the pub or just select drinks? If it does, which ones? If you could cover something like this on the podcast, I think it would be helping out other Royal Caribbean fans as well. Thanks. Keep up the good info. Gary, that's a great question, and honestly, those drink packages are something I get questions about all the time. What I am going to do is we'll be doing a show about that, and I'm also going to link in our show notes, Gary, to an article I posted on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com that details really every question you might have about the drink packages, and I think that'll give you a pretty good handle on it, but I can give you a rundown between the two packages. The standard package, it covers just beer, so no frozen drinks, no cocktails, nothing like that. It's just beer and wine, a couple of uh, house wines. The premium package includes those beer and wine I just mentioned and cocktails, frozen drinks, basically everything that's got alcohol in, on board. In both cases, there are certain exceptions to the package. And again, that article I mentioned will have a listing of, of what's, what is and what is not included. The thing to consider is basically they're very expensive things that aren't covered in it. Most people don't usually drink those. So uh, it really depends on what you're interested in and what you typically drink. That's all we have time for now, but we got lots more of your feedback to get to. And if you want to include your feedback, let us know about what your experience was recently. If you have any questions or anything else on your mind about Royal Caribbean, we'd love to hear it. On Twitter, we are at the RCL blog. Facebook, facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. Or you can email us, matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Or still one more option, you can leave us a voicemail by calling the Royal Caribbean blog podcast voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6, 408 408- 676-9256. Maybe we'll play your voicemail on the show as well. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.